Good morning. Good to come on now. Good morning. There you go. I think we should bring beach balls to church every Sunday going forward. Hey, I'm Kevin. Uh, I'm one of the pastors here, and I'm excited about game day. Glad that you guys could be here. Now, uh, it is the start of the NFL season today, if you didn't know that. Some of you are like, eh, I don't care. But I'm curious, for those of you that are football fans, uh, I want to know what team you think is going to win the Super Bowl, because everybody does that at the beginning of the year. So on the count of three, even Rams fans, even though you got... Well, let's just say it didn't go well Thursday. But for the rest of you, right, today is a brand new day. Uh, so on the count of three, I just want to hear what team you think is going to win the Super Bowl. Ready? One, two, three. Exactly. Some of you are right. Most of you are wrong. But that's the beauty of today. I heard this phrase uh, a couple years ago, and it has just stuck with me. Your moment in history now, when we think about that phrase, your moment in history, normally we think of, you know, a, a giant event that happened in our life. Uh, the day I got married or um, my first car, I bought a house, maybe I graduated or I got a promotion. But usually we, we take that phrase and we think about this significant day that happened in our life. But what if our moment in history was more than just a few benchmark events in our lives? What if our moment in history was a day like yesterday, where you got up, and you went to the store, and you noticed a, a mom that, that was, you know, struggling, and, and said, hey, can I, can I get that off the shelf for you? And that act of kindness set her the rest of the day. Or maybe uh, yesterday you were driving in your car, and, and there was a person on the side of the road holding a sign, and you, you just made eye contact with that person, and you said hello. Maybe you introduce yourself to your neighbors. I mean, maybe even just coming to church today, what if today was your moment in history? See, I, I, I tend to believe as I'm getting more older in my life that I, I, think that, I think that our moment in history is not necessarily these significant events, although those are important in our lives. I think our moment in history is a bunch of God-ordained experiences that string together, and we call it a life. I, I really do believe that. In fact, we're going to look at a story briefly this morning in John chapter 21. If you're familiar with the Bible, John chapter 21, there's a, there's a very um, well-known interaction that Peter and Jesus has at the end. But there's this, there's this quick story that happens right in the middle that I've read over hundreds of times and, and missed it. And as I was reading my devotions a couple months ago, I, I came across this passage and I was like, wow, this is, this was their moment. Now we pick up the story just to give you a little bit of backstory. John chapter 21, Jesus has died on the cross and he rose, a he rose from the dead and he is now coming and he's revealing himself to the disciples and other followers of him, of Jesus. And the disciples, they're, they're dejected, they're, they're scared, They've, they're just, they're having a day. Things aren't going well. And so a group of them says, we're going fishing. I mean, isn't it interesting that we all have like a little comfort thing that we do when our day's not going well, we're just going to go, you know, for me, it's like, I'm going to eat some ice cream. Like you just have this thing that you're going to do, like you just, ah, oh, the day just feels better. So for the disciples, they just said, you know what? We're going fishing. So they went fishing. A bunch of them got in the boats, and they go out, and they fish all night. 
And for those of you that have gone fishing, you know that it's very typical that they fished all night and they didn't catch anything. That's why they call it fishing and not catching, right? So they're, they're going all night and they're throwing the nets over and, and, and nothing is working. So not only are they having a, you know, a, a, a difficult time in their lives, they can't even catch any fish. And they hear this, this voice from the shore that says, throw your nets on the right side. Now, I know we, we read this passage and go, oh, but it was Jesus. And of course, come on, they're out in a the boat. They're not doing well emotionally. They're down. I'm, I'm just going to go out on a limb and just say that I think some of those fishermen out there, some disciples, had a snarky comment that they shot back towards the person on the shore. Oh, just throw it on the other side of the boat. Why didn't I think of that? I mean, come on. <laughs> These are experienced fishermen. And some yahoo on the shore is going, throw it on the other side. Oh, duh, okay. I mean, but one of, the guys, one, of the, one of the guys in the boat says, all right, why not? Now, you got to understand, when they're fishing, this isn't, we don't really understand um, how they fish back then in, in, in biblical times. These are giant nets. This isn't like deadliest catch where they throw it on a pulley and they all sit there and smoke a cigarette and, and then it comes, it's not how it works. They got to pull it in, they all got to get it untangled, and they got to throw it over. And oh, by the way, it's not this big giant boat, it's a little boat. So, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a whole lot that goes on to this. It's not just as simple as, oh, okay, yeah, throw it on the other boat, I mean, what's the big deal? It was a lot of effort for them to do that. And they, so they, they pull the net in, and they throw it on the right side of the boat. But what they didn't realize is that this single act normal day, just going fishing with the boys, was their moment in history. Let me read you the verse. It's John chapter 21, verse 6. He said to them, cast the net on the right side of the boat, and you will find some. So they cast it, and now they were not able to haul it in because of the quantity of fish. They made a simple decision. They got advice they heard, they heard something, throw it on the other side of the boat, they threw it on the other side of the boat, and suddenly their nets were full. My first observation for us as we look at our moment in history, which could be every single day of our lives, here's my first observation. Obedience comes before blessing. Obedience comes before blessing. And now, if I was to poll the audience today and say, how many of you want God's blessings? I guarantee you, everybody would shoot their hand up. The God of the universe wants, wants to bless you. Who wants that? Nope, 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 not me. Nope. I mean, everybody. Yep, 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 yep. We want to get to the end before we start at the beginning. See, the guys in the boat, until they threw the net on the right side of the boat, that's when the fish jumped into their net. If they had just said to the guy on the shore, <laughs> come on, man, and they just keep going on the left side of the boat, we never would have heard about this story. It's just a normal, ordinary, everyday going fishing, and somebody in the boat said, all right, we'll throw it on the other side of the boat. But they had to obey before they got the blessing. See, obedience is going to cost you something. God's calling in your life. It is going to cost you something. It's going to cost you time. It's going to cost you resources. It might cost you your strength. It might even cost you your pride. 
Think about this. Experienced fishermen. Non-experienced fishermen on the shore. They had to swallow their pride a little bit to go, okay, why well, not? We'll just try the other side of the boat. But obedience comes before the blessing. And the blessing was such that they could not haul in the, the fish. There were so many fish in the net that they had to drag the net from out into the water with the two boats and drag it in to shore. The first thing they had to do was obey, and it didn't make sense. It most certainly wasn't convenient. And I'm guessing they didn't agree with what they were being asked to do. But it was from the Lord, and so they obeyed. How many times in our lives, for those of us that are followers of Jesus, and the Holy Spirit is living inside of us, and we are prompted, and we know it, we're prompted to talk to a person, to say something, to do something. Oh, I'm too busy. It's not convenient. Ah, oh, that person's weird. I, I, I don't like that person. And, and we just float by. I wonder in my own life, how many moments in history have I missed? How many moments has God given me Honestly, my, my greatest, one of my greatest fears, and I know there's no fear in heaven, but one of my greatest fears of, of, of going to heaven is when I stand b before God, and God says, Kevin, come on home, because I have placed my faith in Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Let's make that clear. There's no pastor, you know, thing that gets you in. It is completely because of Jesus. But when I, when I stand there before God, my concern is that I'm going to look to the side of God and all these blessings that are going to be stacked up that I missed because I didn't want to, I didn't want to obey. Oh, I want the blessing, but, but I didn't want to, I, I don't, I'll keep fishing on the left side of the boat, Jesus. I'm good. Thanks. It'll figure it out. And then, you know, eventually a fish will jump in. But if I had just done what he was asking me to do. You know, God's calling doesn't always, it's not always some grand gesture. It's not sell all your possessions and, and go live on the backside of, of, of nowhere and tell people about Jesus. It might be, for some of you, most certainly. But for most of us, God's calling in our life, it's, it is not some giant grand gesture. I, I honestly believe, I think God is calling us to just do things in the normal day-to-day -day life. I'll, I'll give you an example. Um, when Monica and I first got married, uh, we made a decision not to have a TV for the first year of marriage. <gasps> we, we, and there, there was no, like, there's no Bible verse with it. There was, it was just said, you know what? We don't know each other very well. We just made a decision. We're not going to have a TV for the first year. And so we didn't. Was it hard? Yes, it was hard. <laughs> yes, it was. We found someone with a nice TV and visited them a lot. No, but I mean, like, we... <laughs> It was a twofer. We made relationships. And, uh, but we, it was just a decision that we made. Now, that was, just, that was just a brief moment, a brief decision. But I can tell you, to this day, uh, we're going to celebrate 30 years in January. To this day, we are reaping the Clap for her. She'll be in next service. Uh, <laughs> we are reaping the benefits of seemingly a nonsensical decision that we made when we first got married. No, was there anything right or wrong about it? No, it was just something that we thought we should do. And we did it, and we're reaping the benefits of it. It was a moment in our history that we are still reaping the blessings. Well, I'll give you a modern-day example. What if 
So my, I'm an empty nester now, and it is fantastic. I love my kids, but empty nesting is awesome. Hang in there, parents. Um, but so, so for, let's say, um, my kids are home now. I got young kids at home. Uh, I'm, I'll we'll rewind the clock, you know, 10, 10 years. What if, my, what if I said, okay, I am not going to play video games. I'm going to put my gaming system away for the next four or five years so I can invest in my wife and I can invest in my, in my kids. What if, what, if my, what if Monica, what if my wife said, I'm going to shut down my social media platform and, and, and not be on social media so when I'm home, I'm present and I'm going to invest in my family, I'm going to invest in my marriage, I'm going to invest in my kids. Now, would that be hard to do? Absolutely. Is there anything wrong with video games? No. Is there anything wrong with social media? No. But that would be a just a simple decision that you would make that would have long-term blessings because I guarantee you my kids wouldn't come back and say, Dad, man, I really wish you had played more video games. Or Mom, I really wish you were on your phone more when I was doing my homework and, and, you know, and, and weren't paying attention. I don't think that, you know, I don't think my kids would, would be upset about us giving them more time. And again, I'm just giving this as an example. This isn't throwing shade toward anybody. But that would be, that would be a modern-day example. And you might not see the blessing right away, but I promise you that, that you would down the line. It's what is God calling you to do in your life, in your situation. Obedience comes before blessings. Okay, back to our story. John chapter 21. They cast it on the other side, and now they have more fish they can handle. Here's the second part of this. John chapter 21, verse 11. So Simon Peter went aboard and hauled the net ashore full of large fish, 153 of them. I looked that up. Theologians way smarter than me have no idea why that number's in there, okay? But it's, 153 is very specific. Check out this part of the verse. And although there were so many, the net was not torn. If you have that in your Bible or tablet, underline that. The net was not torn. Here's my second observation. God's blessings are not burdens. Is it going to cost you something to obey? Absolutely. Will there be blessings that come out of that? Yes. Are God's blessings in your life burdens? No. There was a lot of fish that they had to haul in. There was a lot of work that was still to be done from the blessings that came from that fish. They had to clean them. They had to do it. They counted them. But the nets were not torn. Have you ever been afraid of God's blessing? Oh, no. no, no. Really? Have you? I know I have things that I know God's calling me to do, things that I want to do, and ah, it's inconvenient. I don't have time. What if nobody shows up? What if people do show up? It, it's, incon it's inconvenient, but God's blessings are not a burden. Uh, I have a friend of mine, a, a, a dear friend of mine. Um, we decided to, uh, to start a, um, uh, a small group last year and, uh, for young adults. And, and they're older, they're in their 60s, and uh, she's like, okay, yeah. Her and her husband said, yeah, yeah, okay, we'll do it, we'll do it. And so we started this, this group together, and God bless, it went really well. We've made some really cool relationships with people that are, you know, we could be their parents or even younger. Uh, <laughs> I'm at that stage. Uh, and, and so we did, this, we did this group, and at the end... Of the, of the spring, when the, when the group was uh, shutting down for the summer, she came to me. I, I'm kidding you not. She came to me, and she, 
she said, she said, Kevin, she said, I got to tell you something. She said, I didn't think this group was going to work. She said, I, I didn't think it was going to work. I had my doubts about it. She said, but this has been such an important thing in my life, and God has done some incredible. She goes, I love Tuesday nights. I love getting together with these group of, of young adults. This has been such a blessing in my life. Now, was there fear and inconvenience on the front end of it? Oh, another night. Because this person's involved in a lot of stuff. Another night, I got to get my car and drive, you know, big stuff. Yeah. But on the tail end of it, on the other side of it, it has been an amazing experience. And I, t- I can tell you this, try and stop her from continuing on this fall. She can hardly wait for our group to start back up again. God's blessings are not a burden. Got to remember that. God's blessings are not a burden. Now, I want to I take a second here and, ju- and just step out of this story because I'm in this category, so I'm, I'm speaking to myself, but in, in our church, we are blessed with, um, with all kinds of people in all stages of life. But, so I'm in the category of I have, um, I've been very blessed. I've grown up in the church. Um, I've been walking with Jesus for a, uh, a very long time, uh, decades. And, and I know a lot about the Bible. I know a lot about what it means to have a relationship with, with God and with Jesus, with the Holy Spirit. There are people in our church that are not in that category. They, they're either still trying to, to find Jesus. They're, they're still on the journey of, you know, who is it Jesus? I'm not sure I believe. Um, or they have recently begun following Jesus, and they're like, um, so the Bible, how does that work? How do you read that? You're praying. What do you, do you just talk? Like, how, how does all that work? Those of us who know a lot about God in our relationship with God, know how to study the Bible and those are things, I, I feel like it is our responsibility not to die and go to heaven with a bunch of knowledge. I feel like it's our responsibility to give that knowledge back to other people. And some of the knowledge I give back is what not to do. True story. What not to do. There's a, a, a young man, a friend of mine, that just had a baby. He said, he said, what advice would you give me for, for being a new dad? I said, invest in your marriage. <laughs> I said, invest in your marriage. That's the most important thing you can do for your, for your kid. Invest in your marriage first. But for those of us that have been walking with Jesus, look, it's more convenient. It is more convenient to, to go to a class and let someone else teach you. It is more convenient to attend a life group and let someone else lead it. It is more convenient to sit in here on Sunday morning, come in, let somebody talk to you, sing some songs, and then you go out into your life. That is way more convenient. And do we as followers of Jesus need to continue in our relationship with God and grow? Yes, 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 yes. But if you think that's where it ends, our goal as followers of Jesus is not just to grow deeper with God and with Jesus and do nothing with it with anybody else. We are supposed to go this way and this way. How many blessings are you and I leaving on the floor because we refuse to go this way? Because all we want to do is be be, be fed. I'm, I'm a consumer, I'm a consumer, I'm a consumer. It's both and, not either or. Especially for those of us that know the Lord. Especially for those who have been walking, uh, walking with Jesus for a long time. The, I think we have a responsibility. Now look, I know it's scary. I know it's hard. And this is not some hype thing because I know you guys came in here. There's no surprise. In just a minute, we're going to open things up. And, and it's our big game day and we're kicking off ministry. But I, I really... 
am asking those of you that know the Lord and been walking, what do you want to do with your moment in history? Because today is that moment. What do you want to do with your moment in history? Well, my, uh, my daughter, uh, Madison, she's getting married ooh, next month. Uh, she's, getting married, uh, she's getting married next month, right? Her and, uh, and her fiancé, Ryan, they're, being, they're, uh, they're taking a class. They're taking premarital counseling. Their marriage mentors, 83 years old. 83 years old. How cool is that? I, I, if God lets me live that long, honestly, I want to do that. I mean, they're, they're my parents' age, and they're investing in some 20-year-olds that know absolutely nothing about being married. You know, do this, don't do that. These are hills to die on. Let that go, let that go, let that go. Let that go, let this go, you know. But how will they know that if there's not someone to tell them that? That's my responsibility. That's, that's, for those of us who have been growing with the Lord, that is our responsibility. When you came in today, you got a card. I want you to take it out. Looks like this. It says game day. If you didn't get one, make sure you get one freely. It says game day. Right? On the back side, it says your moment in history. There's two questions that I want you to think about. Now, I don't know how much time God is going to give you. I don't know how much time God is going to give me. I have friends that were sitting in church last year that are not here today. They're in heaven right now. I don't know how much time God's going to give me on this earth. So let's just say between today, September 11th, and December 31st. Let's, let's just call, let's just use this little gap. Let me ask you a question. Where will you give? How will you grow? Where will you give? How will you grow? How would you answer that question? And by the way, don't leave here today and go, I'll answer that later, because you won't. Your team's playing later. You're not going to answer that question. You won't. Let's be honest. But if you really want God's blessing in your life, it starts with obedience. Take your net, throw it on the right side of the, note, of the boat. Just answer the question. Where will you give? Now, when we think of where will you give, we think of, oh, it's financially. I, I, yes, we need to continue to give. Absolutely. But there's more than just treasure. There's time and talent. For some of you, the best way that you can give is you need to give of your time. You need to volunteer. You need to sign up somewhere. You need to do something. Do something somewhere. For, uh, you know, your, your treasure. That could be financial, but it could also be experience. We have a group of, uh, we have a group of guys. One of my favorite, uh, two of my favorite ministries here in church, and parents say they don't have favorites. They're lying to you. So, right, so I have some favorite ministries here. That was a joke. People, come on. We love all of our kids the same, mostly. Uh, I love the retired guys. They meet here on, uh, on Monday. Group of guys, they're older, very wise. They know a lot of stuff. They know how to fix things that I don't know. I would die if I did some of the things that they did. And then my other one is Cookie Crew. There's a group of ladies that gets together. All the visitors uh, that, that come to Grace Point Church within a 10-mile radius, there's a group of ladies that come together. They pray over the visitor cards, and they get fresh-baked cookies. You didn't even know that was a thing. That's a thing here at Grace Point Church. There are unsung ministries. We have a group of people that meet on Thursday. They stuff all the bulletins. The bulletins that you have in your hand, they meet, and they come together, and they stuff bulletins. That's their thing. 
That's how they give. We got people that ran the lights this morning. We got sound booth. We got children's uh, uh, people that are taking care of kids. Our service would feel a whole lot different if all the kids that were out there were in here right now. A whole lot different. We got, we got band. We got, well, there's a guy outside right now that is volunteering his time today to manage all the food trucks because I can't be out there today. He said, yep, I'll do it. We got guys in here that, that are in uh, men's groups. There's women's groups. There's a whole thing of life groups. Some of you today, you're going to sign up to be a life group host and you're scared to death, which is awesome because there's going to be blessings that come out of that decision. But let me ask you, where, where, where will you give? Second question I want to ask you is, how will you grow? Friends, if, if on, on today, 9-11, if December 31st, there is zero growth spiritually in your life, I think you need to ask yourself some questions. Now, if you're going, oh, I'm going to read the whole, new, the whole Old Testament between now and December. No, you won't. That's, come on. But you can memorize a verse. You can start praying. You can, uh, um, you know, you can invest in relationships that are around you. You can meet your neighbors. There's all kinds of ways that you can grow spiritually as a human. But if you don't take the time to listen to the voice on the side of the shore saying, throw your net on the other side, you're never going to experience the blessings that God wants you to experience in your life. You won't. And I believe with all my heart, we've been praying for this day, that the Holy Spirit is moving in the hearts and lives of people today. I don't care where you, where you get connected and what you decide to do, whether it's, you know, here, preferably here at Grace Point Church, but somewhere in your life. But here's what I do care about. Please do not be the same person December 31st that you are today. Please do something. Because God has put air in my lungs and your lungs, and I believe we have a responsibility, especially those of us that follow Jesus as our Lord and Savior. Do something. For those of you that are here and you're going, you know what? I don't know Jesus. I don't know Jesus, my Lord and Savior. Today could be your moment in history because you could say yes to Jesus right now in this moment. It is very simple. Jesus is calling you into a relationship. Don't think for a second that you weren't supposed to be here today. God knew that you were supposed to be here today. Jesus is saying, hey, look, this, the, the same voice that was telling the fishermen to throw the net on the other side of the boat is the same voice that's saying, look, I died for you. I died for your sins. The craziness that's going on in your life, I want to walk with you in that. But you got to accept the free gift of salvation. And it's really as simple as saying, Jesus, I believe that you died for my sins. Please forgive me of my sins. Come into my life and save me. I want to follow you with my life. Just like that, you've become a child of God. But that's the voice. That's the obedience. And then watch the blessings that come out of that. God has put you here today for a reason. There's children's lives that are going to be impacted because you signed up to help. There's going to be marriages that are going to be changed because someone took a, take a financial piece of a university class. There's going to be men and women that are going to start growing because they're taking a Bible study. There's relationships that are going to start because somebody said, I'm not going to just join a life group, I'm going to host a life group. There's others of you that said, I'm going to join a life group. There are neighbors. We have a, a thing over here about reaching your neighborhood. There's going to be a neighborhood that's going to be impacted by Jesus Christ because someone today is going to say, okay, Jesus, I'm going to throw my net on the other side of the boat. This is my moment in history. When the disciples uh, went fishing that night, they had no idea the impact that was going to happen by listening to that voice and responding. My hope and my prayer is that's what's going to happen for you 
today. God, you've called us here today for a reason. This is our moment. This is our moment in history. And I pray, God, that you do what only you can do for the people that are here. Now, as we get a chance to go and, and hang out, eat some food, hear some things about you, I pray that you would give us wisdom in what you are calling us to do. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.